yes, yes, yes. This is the greatest podcast that we ever do in our own lives, the Unabashed Truth Podcast. You're here with your boy, GT Davis, with my good friend, brother, another mother, the one and only, Chris Scalp. How you doing, brother? Good, right up your ass. All right, all right. So this is a very exciting day and all. This will be the first, the first podcast that we will post on YouTube. Mm. It's going to be great if we post on the same day, release the podcast to the masses. So that's why we have taken a few weeks off, try to get some things organized. In the future, we will go to more live streaming and everything else. So everybody get ready. We got big things coming. Unabashed Truth Podcast brought to you by the good folks at 802 Management. You know, we're coming big with everything, man. So get ready. But in the meantime, how's your week been going, man? It's good, man. Yeah, man. I hear uh, trying to duck and dodge your ass. So how you doing? <laughs> doing well, doing well, man. We're living life, new job, new everything, kind of exploring the world, enjoying everything about it. And also uh, getting more used to New York. New York's getting hotter. Uh, all of a sudden this week, it got to like 60 some days. It was crazy. But uh, it's great, man. It's a great life. So did you see uh, Coming to America 2 yet? I did. I did watch it, man. I was like, man, I was sitting there the other weekend uh, last week after we played the game. And I was like, man, I'm going to watch it with him. But then uh, we indulged a little too much on some drink. And your man was sitting in the sofa like, I need something to just relax with. Uh, <laughs> so, you ain't talking about me. I wasn't drinking. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I need something to relax I'm with. I'm at the library right now. <laughs> so I relaxed. I watched Coming to America 2. Uh, man, it was. So you did watch it. Yeah, man, I watched it while I was kind of passed out in, in and out, but it was it was good. What I caught of it, I'm probably that movie it was again. good. It was good. It was good. I was very um, obviously the sequels go. It was good for what it was. I mean, obviously, they you go every what base. thirty years after the original, give or take. Yeah, they touched everything. They went to all parts. They talked about Queens. They went into more details about how things have changed in New York. Which I'm in Queens, so I I know. What they're talking about, man, it is different than what everybody knows it is. So, yeah. man, coming to America too. If you haven't seen it, I know Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody is like, Ugh. so that's great. Obviously, it's not gonna be as good as the first one. Yeah, well, I don't but, like to smell Rotten Tomatoes anyway. Yeah, but this one is good. It does fit everything I do. They all do jokes. It comes back, so it's great, man. Yeah. So, how, did you watch it yet or no? I watched it. I watched it with my mom, her nice, husband, my nice. sister, her husband, and my wife. Right here in my garage, right here on this TV, actually. Nice, nice, nice. I loved it, man. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Oh, I was yeah. two sheets to the wind already. You know me, GT. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my chair, and I had told my mom, I said, you know what? I said, GT had told me that we're doing a fucking coming to America to watch party tonight. <laughs> and she had said something to me. She remembered that shit. And I sat down <laughs> in that recliner. I'm sinking in. I'm probably 30 minutes into that motherfucker. My mom had said, she goes, you need a beer? I said, yeah. She goes, <laughs> goes you're going to add GT in here? I said, who? She goes, GT. I said, for what? She goes, for the watch party, because we had played that game. Oh, yeah. We did talk about we were gonna do it, man. We were I was too drunk to get off the recliner. Yeah, we were a little too too out of it, man. It, it kind of happened. I mean, no, I wasn't <laughs> drunk. I was drinking cranberry. I'm at the library right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man. So it was great. We'll have to we'll do a watch party of it again. We'll just have to do it separately. It's no problem to watch it again. I'm cool with that. It was it was funny, man. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly I enjoyed liked it. it. I mean, after 30 years, I needed something real again. And it it was uh it fit the time, man. Everybody wanted you can't go back to being young Eddie Murphy, young Arsenio Hall doing these jokes. Yeah. Like now it's they're grown ups living this world where like I'm hey. not gonna lie though, that guy in the beginning, the old man, 
Like I wanted to throw up. He was that nasty looking, wasn't he? Though, you yeah, yeah, man, he was all over the place. All of a sudden, that was just funny. Like this random like shaman. <laughs> I like... couldn't even look at him anymore. I'm like, this dude. <laughs> I thought I was like, I told my mom, I was like, he has to be Arsenio Hall. Yeah, yeah. She goes, oh, he is. I he said, had to be. This motherfucker looks like he played it well, man. He 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 looked it up. He did it well. So man. anybody hadn't seen it, sorry, spoiler alert. We haven't like talked everything, but it was great. Yeah, <laughs> Schmeagle, man. So, uh, without further ado, this week, we're diving into something we care about a little more. We're going to talk about race, go back to where we want to kind of go in details about life stories and things that happen. Uh, this one's more near and dear to both of us because we both kind of were in the area where, where met, this took place. We met in the city or this town, whatever you want to call it, this farm area, whatever you want to call it. We met there and all these events happened and 2013 when it officially was announced on the news but obviously we were in bowling green from i was in bowling from 03 to 2010 and you were there for 1933 to 2028 there you go so i'll let you introduce it because you have a little more knowledge on the topic it's all you man go for it yeah man basically um i don't know if anybody listening is from ohio or from you know the northwest ohio area but at the end of the day, it was a, it was kind of a fluke story because I'm not meaning the story was fake. I'm talking about how it was televised. You know, it was kind of what bothered me because I remember being from a small little town called Bowling Green, Ohio. It's actually a city, but you know, the places that we live, it's kind of a mini. In Ohio, but, um, yes, it is a city. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But long story short, man, um, it was a guy named Richard Schmidt and he had owned a sports store in the Bowling Green mall, the Woodland mall in Bowling Green, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And basically, man, he was a convicted felon. He has served 12, 13 years in prison. I've gotten different, you know, store different numbers from the, you know, multiple sources about how many he actually served. Yeah. Um, but he was convicted of manslaughter. He had killed a Hispanic man at a stoplight um for a minor traffic altercation mm-hmm. and he the spanish man had two guys with him I and mean, long story short this guy that richard schmidt shot these guys all of them all three of them but he killed the hispanic man yeah so hence he got manslaughter 13 years in prison well years later after he had gotten out obviously he's still on parole he managed his way into owning a sports store in the Bowling Green Mall. And mind you, the Woodland Mall is very small. So growing up around the Bowling Green area, man, that's where we went and hung out. We watched movies out there. Um, you know, long story short, man, I ended up going to seeing this guy a lot of times. Yeah, man. I bought jerseys from him. Um, you know, it's hard telling. I probably bought some, you know, Lakers stuff, some Raiders stuff, Notre Dame stuff. I just small shit here and there. Probably even some sports cars. But my biggest memory with this guy was I had – saved up all these cars my whole life fast you know sports cars mm-hmm. so i went in there to sell them man to buy some beers yeah some beer money one day when i was in my you know <laughs> early 20s or something and he gave me a hundred dollars for like a shit ton of cars which i was cool with i was like all right man a hundred dollars but walk out happy it is what yeah. it is i ain't got to sell them on ebay you know whatever so long story short man shortly after 
I walk out of that motherfucker with hundred dollars, wash my hands, but I kept coming back in there because I could buy Lakers stuff and in Ohio. You couldn't find Lakers shit. Yeah. Right. But it was all coming from China. So the yeah. FBI busted this guy for selling counterfeit jerseys. I still have a Jersey in there, actually a Kobe Jersey <laughs> um, from him that I had bought back in the day. And um, I remember, man, like hearing this story mm-hmm. about, I walked in the mall one day and that store was gone. And I was like, okay, classic BG mall, finish line, can't stand there. You ain't going to have a little sports store in that motherfucker yeah. very long. So long story short, man, I remember, you know, asking my mom, like, damn, man, the sports store is gone. So we ended up going to Toledo one time to buy basketball shoes when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But after I got out of high school, I remember seeing that this guy had been arrested. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like the same dude. I remember his face. He looked like that motherfucker in the movie <laughs> Joe Dirt, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah skin man. And shit. Man, you know what I'm saying? Ask yeah, I, I've seen him, man. Put him in the yeah. hole, GT. He put him in the hole. <laughs> he looked just like this guy. Yeah, man. He had the same weird ass vibe. Same weird vibe. And he was one of those guys you couldn't get a word in. He just had to talk. He had to control the conversation. He was a fucking schizo, man. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell. But you didn't think about it. You were just trying to buy something for cheap. Yeah, some man. sports shit, you know, as a kid. So long story short, man, this guy had been arrested because he was stockpiling weapons. And they found GT names, addresses, routes of him stalking and trying to set up a mass murder mm. of these NCAA, uh, NCAA CP leaders, man, these Jewish leaders in Detroit, Toledo, you know, and the reason why we want to talk about this tonight, man, is because, you know, it's close to home. Yeah. Man. And it got no news coverage at all. Yeah, I didn't hear about and it. This guy was much. a convicted felon. He had 40,000 rounds of ammunition. And he was literally a local homegrown terrorist. Yeah. And he never, he's, he's serving six years. So <laughs> long story short, he gets out next year. Oh, man. And I think it's crazy because with everything going on right now, it's always been going on now. It's just being brought to light. I believe that um, this guy is a perfect example of special treatment, man. And it gets to the point to where, you know, being from a place like Bowling Green, yeah, you know, um, never having to really, you know, there was always some race shit going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the racist cops in town. We had the, the cops that would pull my roommates over my brother's over just because just because yeah man and um you know i got to a point shit like that but never on this scale was it like that i remember in bowling green no but it was always a quiet it was always a quiet existence of this systemic racism yeah you know it was always it was always this quiet shit that was going on everybody knew it Mm mm-hmm no one wanted to talk about it because it was uncomfortable, but we did. Yeah, we always did. We sat in college. We sat and drank six out of the seven days a week. Mom. Allegedly, allegedly. Mom, you were there. <laughs> uh, okay, I can't get in trouble. No, no, we're good. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was one of those things that that's what we did. We sat at the round table. We discussed things and we got through it and it became, yeah, you know, the backbone for all of us. I mean, we had a group of 30 motherfuckers, man, that came through all the time. All over Give or take a couple dudes yeah. here and there. All the places we lived, you know, all the shit we did, man. Like it was just an open, and not everybody was like that. But yeah. we were open. We were always open with them. 
okay, you're racist. Come in here and talk to us about it. That's the key, man. You know, I, I I'm Caucasian and Native American. You know, a lot of these kids don't even know what they are. They don't want to know. Yeah. They just know what they're told. Yeah. You know, and I hate to say it, but America feels more that town of Bowling Green, that city of Bowling Green feels more comfortable having a guy like that in control and owning a store. Yeah. They do an Arab guy that's completely clean. Yeah. Or man. to speak on this and this day and age, an Asian man or any other guy that they don't they cannot place in a certain fucking box right away. Yeah. And I was always one of those guys. Nobody knew what the fuck I was. You know what I'm saying? I was a, I was a I was one of those in between motherfuckers and they just could not place me. Yeah. It got me a lot more women. <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry. Topic. I didn't know I didn't I got my ring on. <laughs> it's on. All right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, it's just one of those things, man, that it bothers me that this guy can, you know, do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, seriously, he has a fucking hit list. He's yeah. a terrorist. Yeah, man. It, He's a homegrown terrorist. It's a crazy story to think about. Like, um, obviously, uh, for those of you who know, we talked about this before. We both, we met in Bowling Green, so I went to college there. And I'm sure I went to the BG Mall, I mean, probably my first two years. We went a lot because it was the easiest place That's, to go to you to went buy there, stuff. You went there and bought your Levi's. Yeah, you went there to buy Levi's and Wranglers and everything else you bought. <laughs> <laughs> but we went there we bought stuff we went to the movies you did things there because it was the only kind of late night thing outside of bars you can go to. yeah and so we went there but yeah i i'm sure i frequented store a lot but you never knew um i guess like you said in our group of friends or people we knew or people who were around us in our circle of friends of their friends it was always the open table when you come to our house, you came to hang out with at 802 or Copper Beach or any place that we've always lived, you you have discussions. You as long as you, you came in with a six pack, you can speak it. Yeah. Table. You may have came in as somebody who disliked black people, dislike Arabs, dislike dislike Middle Eastern people, white Asians. people that hang out with black people. Yeah, you may dislike all these people, but when you came to that house, you had to talk and, mm-hmm. and you had to express yourself. You have to tell us, hey. Yep cool we understand you don't like us that's it and i think you had to make uncomfortable decisions yeah so so one of the things that i pick up on and i've learned especially about um areas people grow up in and a lot of this is and obviously that guy in ohio he was from ohio he did everything in bowling green that whole area so he was he was brought up in an environment where one there was not a lot of black people there or any other race there so people he did see were probably football players of Bowling Green or, and there were probably football players of Bowling Green who were dating white women at that university, or he may have saw some other races there. And what he may have saw may have been the worst part. Maybe one person do something bad one night. And he's like, ah, I hate this race now. Or in his previous previous life. Stint. So like, and we can talk about that prison, man. It, we'll start with prison because yeah. uh, prison, I think is, uh, the first step of creating this um, division of people. Well, and, and before before anybody comments on this shit or has anything to say, mm-hmm. let me first just say this. This man had ties that the FBI had found. Do your research. 
-hmm. this man had ties to white supremacy groups. Yes. He had joined, he had been to meetings. They found videotapes of him watching propaganda, him pushing propaganda on his nephews and shit and his own family. Yeah, man. I mean, this, this was a, this was a real operation. That's, that's why they called it, they called it the Bowling Green Massacre. Yeah, not yeah. this fake ass shit you hear from Homegirl with Trump. Yeah, not yeah, but the real Bowling Green Massacre. So, BG Kentucky. This is let, BG Ohio. Let's go back to the beginning. Here, here's my theory on America. I think, and you have to say with me this, in 1942, when America joined World War II, all this stuff happened. And I think in that time period, America had a lot of, obviously a lot of black people, Asians, they're all fighting together against Nazis and against uh, the Japanese and, and for, they were fighting together as a unit. And all of a sudden America had this opportunity after World War II to unite the country. And they had opportunity in this situation. America was built, if you look at America at that time, it was like a little fire, like maybe like a little outdoor barn fire. You had your house, mm -hmm. that was, it was ready, it was there. And what America did after World War II is they started bringing over Nazi scientists yeah. to build NASA. Yes. And where'd they put them? They didn't put them in New York. They didn't put them in Chicago. They didn't put them in these cities that were integrated. People got along. They dropped them in Alabama, which is already this little bitty fire kind of brewing. And you threw in these guys who were brainwashed for 10, 15 years on everybody who's not white. It's horrible. They threw a powder keg. It's basically like we're from Ohio, a farm analogy. There's this barn, and outside of your barn, you got a barn fire. You got a bonfire, you some small. And all of a sudden, somebody comes in with a big ass thing of gasoline and a bunch of wood and says, Hey guys, let me show you something. Mm -hmm. Boom. And I think from that point on, it expl started exploding more and more and more. And then Korean War happened. Yeah. Same thing. And obviously, as America Cold War got bigger and bigger and started doing things, NASA started getting more in front because we had this race to the moon and more Nazis were brought in, more Nazis were brought in and they yeah. kept bringing more Russians and all these people who had skill sets but hated people of the races and threw them into Houston, threw them into yeah. Alabama, threw them yeah. into all these very pockets of rural America who already had feelings of yeah. distrust or hate towards minorities and said, hey, we're going to give you people who can push you to another level. And so that's when you saw the worst part of America come out in the South was then when you see civil yeah. rights raised up. Also, I think America hurt itself by saying, look, we got to race to the moon. Let's bring Nazis. It'll work. But instead of making this an inner city thing or New York, Chicago, where it's like, yo, you're not bringing that crazy racist stuff up here. Yeah. But in Alabama, it was already ready. It was built, built for somebody take over and so i think america never the flames didn't even get built they threw a powder keg on a little flame that was already brewing and it exploded to this thing that you go you go through the civil rights era you go through the, the hippie cracker still from the sky. and, and they're yeah, still falling and now all of a sudden this powder keg of a guy if you like trump sorry i don't care he he stroked the flames i don't think trump is 100% what he says he is, I think he knew how to stroke the flames of that hatred that was there. And that those flames got stroked and made it bigger. But in 2013, this guy, he was a product of America's faults to not stop and not bring Nazis, but just say, you yeah, all fought together, live together in peace. We'll work on it. Nazis, no, we're not bringing them over. You guys forgot space. You guys forgot this. They could have fixed it so many times 
and they didn't. After Korean War, could have fixed it, didn't. After Vietnam War, could have fixed it, didn't. After the crack epidemic, could have fixed it, didn't. All of a sudden now, they're looking at it saying, oh, we put Barack Obama in power. That's to fix it. Well, no, it made it worse because yeah. the politicians all of a sudden said, oh, shit, there's this motherfucking black man who runs me? No, I'm not giving them shit. Even Democrats, that's not party lines. That's all the motherfuckers well, said, yo, this is horrible. And guess who came out of this? This guy in Bowling Green who was already built on hate. One of the many. Got said, oh, I can do this also. And because I can attack the president of the country, the country, I can attack this guy in Detroit on NAACP. Mm-hmm. I can attack this guy in Cleveland. NAACP. I can, I can attack this him. Jewish just rabbi in you know, Cleveland, this rabbi yeah. in Detroit. I can attack all these people because mm-hmm. they're easy to get to. No one's going to think about them. And America had a chance to stop it and didn't. And that is the biggest fallacy of American history. They always had a chance to stop. And to be honest about this, most white people in America you guys have to stop calling yourselves the original people. 90, probably half of y'all, maybe more, are first, second, third generation Americans. You guys aren't even deep in this shit. You guys, maybe your, your grandfather came over in 1900 or after World War II. Most of you guys are first, Yeah, most of you guys are brand new. So like when black Americans are like, yo, and native and uh, original Americans are like, yo, this is our country. Yeah, we've been here longer, motherfucker. And black Americans have been here for most of us three, 400 years. The originals were here forever. <laughs> so so I think like America's had a chance to fix it, but it didn't. But let's get back to that guy. He, he was the start of where Ohio is now. And Ohio was already kind of in between. It was always in between. Yes. But Ohio now, I think, has embraced it. And we know people, I'm not, we're not gonna say any names who have embraced that personality you never thought would have. Now, let me, let me tell you something, though, on that note. One guy mm-hmm. that when I was growing up, I never gave credit to because I didn't see it then. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was to the effect that it is now. But one guy that has changed the narrative in Ohio, mm-hmm. from Ohio, is the Brian motherfucking James. Oh, yeah. He, he is. Um, Period. He's a, he's a and, and this is for, I'm going to call this guy out. Mr. Jason Whitlock, your stupid articles you write every week about LeBron because you hate him. I think everybody who, and this is off topic, we'll get back to the regular topic. Everybody who thinks like Black Lives Matter, they say, oh, LeBron James is the, the spokesman. Like he's not the spokesman of it. LeBron James has an ability to reach places that other Black people can't reach. 99% like common, of Black people can't Like my reach. man Common said right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, dog? Like, Common's been on this shit. Yeah, there's people forever. from these places. And he said, so, I know the Black Lives Matter. Do they matter to us? Yeah. So we'll, we'll get we got to discuss. That's another topic we'll talk about. We'll get to that one another week. But, like, my thing is LeBron James is one of the best advocates for the racial struggle because he can go into meeting rooms with some of the biggest wigs in the world, and they'll listen to him. Yep. We don't need, he's not the spokesman for black people surviving and everything else. He is the best ally that we can have. Him and Obama are the best two allies we can have as a minority group. And same thing, it's like, if there's a famous, I don't know, there's not any Native Americans at that level, but say there's a Native American at that level, you would want that person on your side. Even if they were a money person, like, oh, they're just money. Well, yo, I'm cool with them 
being on my side. They're athlete. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let them be our voice. They have a chance to do shit. We can't do. And, and yes, eventually we'll all be at a place where we're like LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can be. We don't need this anymore. Right. But until then, you need it. You need those advocates who are high level people to help you. Well, and you know, with that too, man, you know, it's so hard being the type of people we are too, because I know that, you know, growing up, man, you know, GT, we lived everywhere, dog. You're the same. We, we both live in Virginia. We both lived in Cali. You know, I mean, we, we've lived everywhere. You went to China, New York, you know, I mean, it's to a point, man, to where like, we don't have any of this in us. And for the ones that don't, that don't care about any of it. Yeah. Because it's just not in us. Yeah. We have to care. We have to keep going back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like, to me, it's like your first art class. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like my art teacher's telling me what colors really blend together and, yeah. you know, how to categorize colors yeah, and man. shit. Like it's so fucking elementary to me because, you know, all it is, man, is the need to feel superior. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that why there is no cure to racism because pride takes over. Personal pride, personal, you know, a lot of it, I believe, is personal, psychological. A lot of it is personal doubt. Yeah, I got you. You know, like Bill, Bill Maher said this. Bill Maher. Bill Maher said this, bro. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll always. I love Bill Maher because he gives it to you real. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys. I mean, he said, dog, one time he said, white men in this country are mad why wouldn't they be white men are mad that black men can dance better than us we're mad that they can sing better than us we're mad that they can jump over our heads and dunk on us we're mad that they can do a backflip and fucking catch a football and then run it in before we even pull our jock straps up we're, we're mad about this white men are mad that the demographic around mm-hmm. them does not surround around them anymore. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's a very empty feeling, I believe. And as a somewhat of a white man, whatever mixture I got, mm-hmm. genealogy test I just took says a couple of different things. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's what you class it's what you classify yourself as. It's what you recognize yourself as. Mm-hmm. I'm a human being first and a fucking man second. I'll start yeah. there. Yeah, man. You know, but outside of that, like most Steph said, he said, I don't care what type of brand you are. I'm concerned what type of man you are, what your principles and standards are. Kill him. You know what I'm saying, dog? Yeah, and as, as middle-aged men, we are nowadays. We're 35, 34 years old. You're about 39. I ain't mad we're at not, you. We're not middle-aged. You're looking yet, like shit. Black does yet. crack, but your shoulder looks shorter. <laughs> anyway. Ain't nobody cracking. Saying, ain't nobody cracking. <laughs> you know, it's, it's unbelievable to me that we have to keep backtracking, man, to try to gain some ground that we've already conquered. But, but for some reason, the rest yeah. of the world, the rest of our world, our nation, cannot understand that it's a huge fucking problem. Yeah. yeah and, but what is the problem? What is the problem? Like, uh, here's my theory on the whole world. Well, not the whole world, but in, in general, the biggest fallacy in America that people don't talk about is America lives on this concept or most people live on the concept of love. Love your neighbor. Love person. Love this. Love that. Yeah, if we love each other, we'll get over it. The problem love with love who is, you want to love. But the problem with love is it's the most fleeting emotion in the whole world. The problem with love is it hurts. Yeah, and it goes away. It comes and goes. It ebbs and flows. It comes in, it goes away. America needs, or I would say America, I don't know the rest of the world. America needs to 
find itself in a place where we respect our neighbor, we respect yeah. each other. Because when we respect each other, you can do what we did at 802, what we did at all those other places. We sat down to talk because we had enough respect for each other to say, yo, what's your ideas? What's your thoughts? Why are you feeling this way? Why are you I mean, not we didn't liking... get all gay about it. And shit. We didn't get about it, but... Hey, block that out. I didn't mean to say that word. Sorry, we didn't get uh, in our feelings about it where we were like, ah, oh, why this? But we were mostly um, we were curious. We were curious to say, hey, what's going on? You don't yeah. like me. Why? You don't like people of my color. Why? You don't do this. And it, it wasn't so much. A, I'm going to fight you to this. It's more. OK, let's talk. And we have friends around the table who say, hey, what about. I mean, it guys? came to that sometimes, though. Yeah. Don't lie. It came They'll to say, that. But sometimes it does. But it's never because of. It's never the start. And so it's, I think that is the key. We can't make it the start of a conversation. And so much yeah. of people's lives are, you look, you look at your news bubble and this goes for everybody. You look at your little side and say, oh, that's what I believe. I believe in, um, I believe in Fox. I believe in MSNBC. I believe in blah, 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 blah. Whatever news channel you listen to are, I read this newspaper, but- I love LAMP. Yeah, whatever you love whatever you care about in life, you do. But the biggest thing is I think we forget that you have to start thinking for yourself. And as we get older, some reason, every person in the world becomes more, more, what is it? More distrustful of anybody that doesn't look like them. And it becomes, as you get older, as you get age in this life, unless you hang, unless you hang out with certain people, obviously you trust who you hang out with. And if your friends growing up are a mixed race of people, when you get older, your friends are still going to be mixed race people because you're like, yo, yeah. these are my boys. These are my homegirls, whatever you want to call right. them. But if you grow up in, and I, it's not that people in rural or middle inner city have a, they don't, they have a choice, but they choose not to accept that choice. You may grow up around only black, you may grow up around only Latinos, you may grow up, around, you may do that. It happens. But that doesn't mean you have to hate somebody who's different to you. You don't know them. You, I've been to the middle of nowhere, Ohio, so many times for parties or to hang out with friends. And I've seen people come to me like, before I'm, you've been the first black people I ever met. Who blah, 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 blah. It's like, have you met other black people? Like, have you met, have you ever sat down and talked to other black people? Instead of what you see on TV, instead of what, you, and to black people, I'm saying this because I love you. I lived in China. I lived overseas and this is not China now with black people on YouTube. Like, Oh, it's great. When I first went to China, the walls of black people in China were different. It was more of, I saw you on TV and it was so amazing. They were amazed when they met me and were like, you're not what we saw on TV. You're not what black Americans are like. You're not talking, cussing and having your pants over your butt doing this and this. You're actually respectful. You're good because our media, and this may be news or even what black people put out, in the in the universe is always something that's not 100 all black culture it is that one portion we put out that people see they see this little minuscule part of us that is there are some people who are in gangs there are some people who are in this there are some people who are poor that are black there's some but there's also a lot of successful black men and women they're successful white men and women but the first thing they think of when they say black they're poor they see white, even if white person is from the poorest part of America, mm. they're thought of as rich right away overseas. Yeah. And that's because media puts it out that way. Yeah. Even America, the stimulus package just got passed. What, is the, what do Americans say? 
they always push on this is bad for America because they think it's only going to help the black and brown races. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that there's the same amount of probably percentage wise white people who are poor also that need that. Yeah. That they don't, you can go on YouTube right That's now true. and find a video of a white family saying, oh man, how are we going to survive? Same thing. You sound the same black family saying the same thing. But the media says it's black people, it's, it's Mexicans. I mean, it's, just like on that, that Black Star album, yeah. I think it's like one of the intros to a song. I, I think it's, uh, res- no, it's not Respiration. It might be. He said, what'd y'all do today? He said, we did three whole calls, me, Dez, B. But yeah. that one was, uh, he said, even my conditioning has been conditioned. He's like, yeah. shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the thing. You've been conditioned, man. You can't, every, every, it doesn't matter what you're bleached. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, and a lot of it is people that never had any experiences. Mm-hmm. or as people that's had too much experience or a bad experience or a great experience. Mm-hmm. I've lived in a couple ghettos in my life and not every black person I met is so friendly and loving. Yeah. That's how the neither world is. is every white person. That's how the world and is. motherfucker. There's either every Spanish person in Cali, yeah. Long Beach, Cali. Yeah. Or me, every Vietnamese person I met or, yeah. you know, Siamese or fucking Hawaiian or, I mean, literally like you were going to get shit ass people yeah, from every race. no matter i mean I, I went to elementary school one time right at one time in my life and i was around different people <laughs> and some of them were fucking assholes and some of them weren't some teachers yeah. were great and some of them couldn't couldn't teach me shit of course yeah man. i didn't care about what they look like yeah yeah it's what can i take from you pretty much you know what i'm saying like how can we coexist yeah you know and it gets to a point man it's where you think that you know, for some people, I think that they think that there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people, I think the best thing that people think they can do is mm-hmm. just be nice to people. And that's all you can do. Be kind. That's it. Don't love me. You know, me. and that falls Stop into that love me, category. Homie. Stop loving just love me. Be, I'm be, not going to love you because you said that all weird and shit. Yeah, just be cool. Be cool but, with me. Respect me. Right. You know. Because you respect me, we're not going to have beef. Right. <laughs> And like Chrissy always says, she tells Carter and Kennedy all the time, hey, our kids, she goes, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. And Joe just texted me back finally. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I tell Carter and Kennedy sometimes, I said, hey. Yeah, I got one also. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, he said, I'm at work, but I will. Sorry about that, people. With that's our, our boy Joe, another member who's going to join us soon. One of these podcasts. That's what's up. But, um, anyway, you know. I always tell Carter and Kennedy, I said, it's not just black and white, dog. There's gray areas and everything. You know, don't just treat people sometimes how they want to be treated or how you want to be treated. I said, sometimes you got to treat people how they want to be treated. Yeah. I'm not saying give them extra attention. I'm not saying, I'm not saying give them a fucking participation trophy. Yeah, man. All I'm saying is sometimes people, I mean, if I like, if the way we get down GT is yeah. when we're sitting in the fucking room, we're drinking beers and we're talking, we're playing games, whatever we're doing. You know, if we get it, we get out of each other's throats and shit because that's how we get down. So it's funny to us. Yeah, we can make fun of each other. Some people don't get down like that. Yeah, you have to know the room. Read the room. That's what I'm that's saying. What it is. Read the room. Thank you. Yeah. And that is the biggest lost art amongst people nowadays. Like oh, no one reads. People room, are man. so unwilling, and it's hard to say because the world's so vast, 
and it's mm. hard to put fucking race is such a bullshit topic oh, to me it is the worst thing ever i conquered race as soon as i came out the fucking womb well you i've never really been classified with one yeah that's awesome you know man. what i'm saying so you get to that point where you're just like y'all need to fucking stop yeah with this man. petty ass shit i yeah, don't man. and i get to the point sometimes i want ice cream i don't care if it's chocolate <laughs> i don't care if it's vanilla i don't care if it's banana bunny bitch i want ice cream <laughs> you understand what that's i'm saying true, man. That's true. i don't give a fuck so true man so true stop. yeah yeah stop man. acting like you're you have to be superior stop acting like and a lot of it is inclusion yeah i've noticed this too a lot of people want to be racist around other racist fucking people because as works. soon as these motherfuckers are away from those racist people mm-hmm. and they're as soon as they're they met a black guy or a fucking asian guy at fucking burger king or a white guy at a, burger and a, yeah, a white yeah, guy yeah, yeah. You know, you could be a black guy, and as soon as you come around a couple fucking white guys at a bonfire, you're going to wear a John Deere hat just to fit in. You know you got it at home. One of your yeah. white friends left it there. Yeah, pretty you wear it every day. <laughs> but you're going to wear it to be included. Everybody wants to fit in. Everybody's a kid still. And this shit, all the issues that we have not conquered, that we have not talked about, that we, we have not resolved or even oh, yeah. tried to resolve, comes from us being children and just wanting to fit in. Mm-hmm. But we want to fit in with, with what's comfortable to us. Yeah. Whatever it's comfortable. We're not willing to give other people, other people. I mean, this country, you can say what you want to say, but there's no guarantee nobody's gonna fucking listen. That's true. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That is hundred percent. But when true, it gets man. when it gets time to where, you know, your voice is fucking suppressed. Mm-hmm. One of one of these groups of people, one of these races, are suppressed for so long. Mm-hmm. You get to a point, man, where you're just like, it's offensive to everyone. Mm-hmm. This Asian shit going on. This oh, fucking yeah. young little white privileged fucking Kinson, or I'm sorry, not Kinson yet, but the fucking uh, 16th birthday party. Fucking yeah. your daddy's fuck that. We're getting to that too, man. You don't the, treat the human beings like bullshit. that. Yeah, like, I, and I tell any of you, if if I see you, and and I'm in New York, if I see any of you try to go after any Asian man or woman or any elderly person, black, white, whatever race you are, man, we got problems because you. You can't do that. You got to have some respect for somebody in this world. And if you don't respect your elders, as a as a people in the whole world, if you don't respect your elders, this world is doomed because the elders have so much to teach. Whether it be good or bad lessons, trust me, there's they grew up in an era that was different. They had no choice. But they could teach you lessons about how not to go back there. And what we're doing is we're not talking to them. We're afraid to sit down and have conversations with grandma grandpa aunt uncle and say hey let's talk let's talk about this talk about race because guess what as much as we're growing up in this world that we're fighting and hurting each other for no apparent reason they grew up in a world where you couldn't even walk down the street as another race in a city like i had conversations with my grandparents where i'm so amazed at how they were able to survive like my great grandmother, both of them, even my great my great grandmothers, they were both born in either late 1800s, early 1900s, and lived to 100, 305 years old, somewhere around there. So they lived through a century of being black in Arkansas, Mississippi, in America, and survived. Don't know how they went through everything they could, and they survived. Mm-hmm. And that tells you how life is, man. Life, mm-hmm. if you don't talk to those people, you never learn how they got through. 
And it may have been hard. They may have struggled. I know the struggles they tell me that they went through. Like my grandfather at 22 went to Korean War and he came back from the Korean War and was at a plant in Arkansas and a white guy foreman came up to him and started cussing him out saying N-word and saying, oh, you ain't worth nothing. And my, my grandfather basically almost choked the guy, almost killed him to death and joined back in the army so he wouldn't kill the motherfucker. <laughs> he had to leave because like, if it's like this, it was better in the military. Right. I can hang out with white people today. We could talk. Yeah. We have conversations. Yeah. That's why when I told you like the powder keg was lit, America was built. And when we went to the military, the one thing about the military and it's getting, it's weird that it's more racist now. It's going back to what it used to be because people are sneaking in. But the military was always that place where, yo, we're here. We it get shot it, at. It we get shot at now. And like the it started getting to that point where it's like, we get shot at. I don't care if you're white, black, motherfucker. Don't let me get killed. It became that. And I think at first it was like, we're segregated. And then it's others like, had well, different experiences with that. Yeah, yeah, we're on the field together. And now it's like, all right, well, I hate you, but <laughs> I got to do yeah. And obviously it's segregated when you train. Training is different at that time. But now the military should be the safe space, but it's still not. Even today, like, it's become very racist undertones and people don't know. And they come out of military and they become proud boys. They become all these other black militia. I don't know the black militia equivalent of that. You become Richard people, Schmidt. They become yeah, become Richard Schmidt. They got some training and they got they got kicked out of the military because they wanted to. They got the basic training skills that they needed and left. And now they create a group where they can attack people. They like the sniper, DC sniper, black guy. Same thing. He got this military training, got mad. This is a public park. Tell me to clean up my dog shit and I'll yeah. kill you. Yeah, so it, it's that bad. That is how yeah. I think this world can be it's fixed. Been that bad. It all goes back. And obviously, I can't go before the World War II. Because World War One. Yeah, you go back to Civil War. I go back to 86. I was born in Greenville. Ohio. Yeah, yeah, we can't go that far. Greenville? Greenville. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been smoking weed ever since. Mm. Is that chronic? Yeah, so that that's the key. So I think, in all in all, Director Richard Schmidt, <laughs> you are a dickhead. You should stay in jail so much longer than you are. Like you, the fact that he's able to get out, he got six years. He only got six years. Lets me know there's more in America that needs to be fixed, and, and it's not going to be fixed in a day. And we could sit here and people could talk about it, and you hear it on TV like, oh, these. Like, we all know the issues. The only way to fix it is for politicians to, to and I, I think everybody does it the wrong way. America, most black radio people and everybody else, they always go talk to the higher level politicians. So they talk to the senators. They talk to the House of Representative people who are in D.C. all the time. Talk to the president candidates. They talk to people who are, won't affect your local city area at all. They don't go to the mayor of Bowling Green and say, hey, mm-hmm. look, man, I'm black. I'm a student at school, which I'm, I'm, a, I'm accused of also, but I didn't have the issues we had then. But I'm black. I'm a student at Bowling Green State University. We have these issues in the city. Let's fix it. Yeah, but that's, I mean, you didn't know because it's the way you carried yourself. Yeah, it, it didn't affect us much then because we, we didn't give a fuck. Yeah. But if I was somebody now, and even I'm lucky to live in New York, but now I'm at a place where, I'm around a lot of Asians where I live at in New York and mm-hmm. I'm affected by it to me. Like, because I live in Asia and a lot of my friends, 
my friend's parents, their grandparents, I know their parents are older. And like, same thing, I treat them with respect. Like I treat anybody's parents, anybody's grandparents. Cause yeah, like, I always did with my parents very much so. Cause it works. It, it's not because yeah. like, I'm trying to, we get to work on them. It's cause like, I respect them mm-hmm. for where they've been, where they're going to go and what they can teach me. Yeah. Those are the three orders. One, where they've been. Cause they've been to a lot of places. Yeah. Where they're going to go is how many more years they have. And what they mm-hmm. can teach me is the last thing because the last thing I'm going to ask them is, hey, tell me about life. Mm-hmm. Tell me about you. Tell me about where you grew up, where you were, because like those lessons, I can pass down. History repeats itself, man. Yeah, it, it's coming back. It's, it's, it's here. It, it still is. Like, and and if we're not careful, we can talk about Black Wall Street and Tulsa. We can talk about all these things where bad things happen for no apparent reason, and because white people were upset. And like you said on the, I think the first podcast, LBJ quote. If I can make the low-income white people hate, think they hate somebody who is low-income or another race, then I won. I'm already winning. I'm already winning. So that is true, man. That And it holds true today. Every person is doing it. That's why you see the quote-unquote CPAC that they do every year. Mind you, Democrats do not have that. Let's create one. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican, but we should definitely create our own CPAC. Yes. We call some different because it's bullshit. The Republicans have this stupid ass meeting every year and they get together and they talk about their racist bullshit. And they have a few black tokens in there who are like, we're Republican. Get the fuck out of here. The motherfuckers don't like you. <laughs> like, let's be honest. The motherfuckers in the South don't give a fuck about you as a black man. They're using you what you use for. That goes for um, my family in South Carolina. There's a black center in South Carolina who's a Republican. Yes, you look good on, on TV because you're there. But in the, the day, they'll push them aside also. It doesn't matter. Like, and, and it's not because you're a Republican. It's because of the people who you follow. You can be a Republican all you want. But don't follow people who you know tomorrow will turn their backs on you as a black man or a black woman or a Native, or a Native American person. Any, like... If I can look you in the face, and this goes for Democrats also, but look you in the face. Look at my face. And I don't trust you, I'll push you aside. I don't care about your RD. Get the fuck out of my face if I can't trust you. Well, a lot of the times, man, in politics, it's not even about trust, it's about respect. Yep. You cannot, tr- I mean, there's many layers of politics. As I'm learning about, oh, there's a lot. Man. And I think that's the, that's the biggest untold story of politics is the layers in it. Oh, yeah. So many. You know, and just these schemes that they do. You know, I seen another quote, and I have to get the sources together. I'm not that I'm not that good on it right now, but yeah. I would tell you, I'm not against Donald Trump. I'm against the way Donald Trump acted. While I'm not against president. Donald Trump either. He is a horrible businessman. To anybody who thinks he's a good businessman, he is the worst obvious businessman you can talk about in the world. Anyway, keep going. There's a difference between being a shark and a bully. You know, but anyway, um, this quote I heard was from one of Trump's advisors, and they had told him, they said, you know what, you can run and you can get the white vote because we still we, we still believe that we have 20 years left of white power in this country. And if you push that pencil, you can write whatever you want to write. And that's exactly what I read. And I think that's true because 
I think it was like what, 2017, 16, more minority babies were born in the country than white babies. But you got to think, man, our lifespan is pretty long. You know, I mean, segregation, it's not, it's not too far off, man. It wasn't, you know, slavery wasn't too long ago in the scheme of time. It wasn't. Yeah, no. It, it, I mean, Forrest Gump, we got movies. It's not We were kids. Thing, we grew up watching this. And technically, slavery didn't end when slavery probably ended early 1900, maybe 1915. Maybe a little after, maybe after that. It wasn't, I think uh, maybe 1940. I don't think any. 50? I mean, who, who, was the survey, who was the slavery surveyor, though? Yeah. Like, who I, went around? Now listen, who went around a plantation to plantation? No one told him. And That's said, what you know what? How many slaves do you have? Like there, there was oh, um, you have three left. We're gonna consider <laughs> your, your slavery done on your plantation. These that, are just the ones that want to be here. There there is a vice okay. video. Shout out to Vice. Um, they have a video where they talked about there was a few black men and women who were still they didn't know they were free until about 1970, something like that. It was very late, and everyone's like, What the fuck? But because they only live in that rural area of Mississippi or where they were at, who's going to tell them? If they don't leave that farm and they work every day, who the fuck's going to tell me? Hey, I'm free. You were born there. Your family's there. Their owners are going to tell you, hey, you're a free black man. Go do yeah. what you got to do. They're like, you work here. And once they find they're free, they're so used to it. The owner's yeah. like, run off now. Run yeah. off. So I, I think officially slavery may have ended. I would say 1945 at the latest, maybe after Korean War, maybe. So it, it, obviously there was a mass space proclamation about a hundred years before that. Well, give or take a few years, but yeah, slavery really didn't end until the fifties. And, and even then, like we go into, and I got Malcolm X right here. Like I am a huge Malcolm X fan. We'll talk about more. Um, it is that man, it is that life where I think Segregation was bad. And the reason the South got it so much worse goes back to America bringing Nazis over. And and it got bad to the point where, and Amazon has a great TV show on it. Um, it's called Nazi Hunters, actually, or something like The Hunters. Mm -hmm. But basically they hunt Nazis, which is awesome because like I didn't know that America brought Nazis over to I saw that show and I was like, what the fuck? It's a true story. And it really is one of those things where you're so amazed that it got into our politics. It got into so deep into America that think about this, about the time when Republicans and Democrats switched was around that same time when Nazis came more prevalent in America. And so, so back when everybody's like, well, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln was Republican. Yeah, back when Republicans were different, motherfucker. There weren't no Nazis here. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Nazis switched. Yeah. And around that same time, after World War II, after the Korean War, it started switching. Mm -hmm. That's when America threw that fucking powder keg onto a, a little burning fire that could be put out very easily and exploded. Because they cared about their relation with the rest of the world rather than yeah. what was going on here they, at home. We wanted to get to space fast. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about space? We only been there like three or four times since this. So it obviously that science is bullshit. You didn't do enough for it. Hey, you think the black <laughs> folks in the moon get treated better than the black folks here in America? <laughs> Man, the other universe of black people or other universe are people who are considered black in their universe. Or yeah, they're not getting treated well either. I think if I think um the world has an issue. I think it may it's not a obviously one of the other universe, but in this world, 
we can leave America and just go to what just have what the the Dutch and Duchess and the you know UK. one thing would be interesting to do Crazy, man. and you know I mean you never know about people. One thing that would be interesting is trying to get this Richard Schmidt guy next year when he gets out of prison on a podcast. That's on you, bro. And let him, well, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could probably show him his jersey. Yeah. Like, it'll be cool ask to get him, him on. Ask like, him for the rest of my money. I have my no problem back. talking to him. Like, if he's willing to sit and I still talk, got the Lakers like, shorts, man. Yeah, if he's willing to talk, yeah. like, we can talk. I, I still think, I, and that's the thing, like, I'm. Well, I'm up think to about this, though. I want to know where your mind's at. I don't know, 100%. Like, I, I want to have a conversation with him to ask him questions. Yeah, because like, how'd you? It's like going to jail and talking to Hannibal. Like, yeah, what pushed you there? What got you to that right. point where you felt this, this, this? And obviously, I would love him to do ours, and we obviously set up and figure out how to get it, and we're getting there. People, when you're listening, I know this first YouTube thing is gonna be crazy for everybody, and this this sixth episode of the podcast will be crazy. We're getting there. We're getting to the point where we're starting to get there. We're gonna have more people, but like, yeah, man, I sorry we didn't stick too much of the topic today but we did go into so much more details about life and and race and we're gonna keep this going uh next week and we're gonna do more stuff about race and uh i have some guests lined up it's gonna be fun it's gonna be exciting uh man i'm excited to have these guests on um i'll i'll talk about them more on my instagram on you know at gt theory you know, that's my Instagram handle. So if you want to find out more about the podcast, it'll also be on a YouTube channel. Uh, we'll do a quick intro to this also next week to give you guys ideas where we're going. We're, we're expanding. We're doing more. Um, thank you for the listeners we have. Listeners we will get. And anybody who just wants to say fuck you on YouTube or anything, have fun. We love it. We'll talk back to you. We'll, we'll conversate. It's okay. So for this episode, man, my man, Scout. Thank you for bringing this topic to us. We'll go in more details about it later, but it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a pleasure, man. Always is, always will be. Yeah, brother. All right. Well, we're signing out now. Peace. Peace. <laughs>